Good morning. There we go. Everyone, come on in. We'll get started. All right, let's uh, let's go to God in a word of prayer, and then we'll we'll get started in class. Dear God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the many blessings you give us, and we thank you for the freedom and opportunity we have to come and study your word and learn more about you. Lord, I ask that you be with all those out there who are sick and need our prayers. Be with us as we continue to see a spike and increase in the number of COVID cases. I ask that you allow that to hopefully curve down and, and, and go away and allow us to, to get back to somewhat of a normal routine. Lord, I ask you just be with us as we go through this class. We ask that you allow it, ask that you allow it to be something that we can apply to our, to our lives, that we can use to allow ourselves to grow and to come closer to you and use it to bring others to you, Lord. Just again, ask you to be with us as we go through this. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're, we're still, uh, and we'll probably be in this, I think, for another two or three weeks, uh, this series on the Holy Spirit. Man, Troy, I love the scooter, man. <laughs> uh, I need one of those. You get around quick. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh, but still, uh, we're going through this series on the, the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit or you know, however you want to define it. And so I titled it The Ghost of Me. And last week, we kind of just did a, a, a basically a basic overview of the presence of the Holy Spirit and kind of who the Holy Spirit is and, and some of its uh, functionality. This week, we're going to look at the power of the Holy Spirit. We're, so we're going to look at the different powers that the Holy Spirit has and, and how it's influenced uh, in the, the Old Testament, throughout the Bible, the Old Testament, and a little bit in the New Testament uh, that we're going to look at. But my, my first, I'm going to ask that anyone, so my challenge last week was this week, listen to the Holy Spirit to guide you, to li- you know, listen for it. Did anyone do that this week? Anyone want to share an example? <laughs> Yeah. Do that. Part of the God is. Yeah. But I always have asked God to guide you. I, I, I tried to really focus on that this week, and, I, I'll, and I'm going to confess something. I ignored the Holy Spirit Saturday completely. I, I feel like I did anyways, in, in my personal opinion. So Helen, we get up yesterday morning, and I was like, you know, I really feel like breakfast from Hardy's. I said, okay. I said, the Hardy's breakfast is good. And we don't we forget about it being over there in Lake Park or over here in Lake Park. And so I'm driving down Touchton Road. Not Touchton, I'm sorry, Lock Laurel. And there's a man, an older gentleman, riding a bike, and he's got a cowboy shirt on on his back. And I know, I mean, you just you you go by him and you know that he is riding his bike two cowboys to go to work. And I felt the prompting, I said, I really need to stop and give him a ride to work. Then I'd gotten past him and I made excuses. Well, Lock Laurels, man, that's a hard road to stop on and pull over. I'll probably end up getting run over or hit. And, and by the time I've made all these excuses, I'm another mile down the road, and it's kind of too late to turn back and go get him and, and release him in my mind. So I, I felt like I ignored an opportunity or a prompting there to help someone, you know, because it was hot. I mean, it was 930, 940, and it was already, I think, the heat index was in the 90s. You know, and he was an older gentleman, and so 
I still feel kind of guilty for that. But those, those are the types of things that I think, I think those are ways that the Holy Spirit works in us and can prompt us to do things and, and to help things. And I just lost my uh, presentation here. Um, but anyways, so I thought I'd share that to, to say, look, I pushed y'all to do something and, and then I didn't even follow through on it <laughs> myself. But I, I don't know. I think those are the, some of the type of things that we, we can look for. But uh, this week we're going to look at the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to start in the Old Testament first. And, and I could, yeah, we could sit here all day going through all the different ways that the Holy Spirit worked throughout the, the Old Testament in, in people's life. On Wednesday. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yep. So I called Derek up, and Derek sent some guys over to work on my ice machine. And so they're talking to these guys and stuff, and, and one of them was a guy who used to coach church here, actually, a young man. And uh, talking to him and stuff, and he came up to me afterwards. He goes, hey, man, remember I used to, his name was Cody. I said, oh, yeah, I remember you, yeah. He goes, man, you know, my life has not been the same since I left the church. And I said, man, you need to come back. And the other guy was a young man who's a girlfriend who just got pregnant and stuff and was not married yet and stuff. And I just said, hey, man, you know, come on by. And I usually don't do that, so I yeah. don't know, maybe it's part of what you said. But, you know, <laughs> but I, 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 think, I think if we ask God or the Holy Spirit, how we want to look at it, for, for opportunities, right, then those opportunities are going are gonna to present themselves. And, and if we... We pray for, and I, and I think the Holy Spirit we works in that, you know, through through God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus Himself that they they work through that. So we're going to look. I'm going to go through real quick on the Old Testament side of, of how the Holy Spirit um, worked in its powers throughout the Old Testament. Again, this is not all of them, but these are kind of some of the the key points. Um, he gave J- Joseph the skill to rule. If we look, you know, Joseph was sold to Egypt, or to slaves, and then eventually ended up with e- in Egypt with Pharaoh. And if we look at Genesis uh, 41, verse 38, he says, So Pharaoh asked his officials, Can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? Jo- Joseph was so filled with the Spirit of God that Pharaoh himself could see it. He gave Joshua the power to lead. If we look in Numbers 27, 18, then the Lord replied, Take Joshua, son of Nun, who has the Spirit in him, and lay your hands on him. And then if you read through the rest of these chapters, it, it talks about you know the, the, the Spirit working in him to, through him and, and leading. This was an interesting one. I never really thought about this one. He gave the skills to the craftsmen to build things like the ark and the temple and the things in the temple. If we look in Exodus Verses 31, verses 2 through 5. Look, I have specifically chosen, and I'm going to butcher these names, but that's okay. Bazel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones. And in carving wood, he is the master at every craft. So he used the Spirit of God to, to give him these, these gifts. He gave power to Gideon. 
If we look in Judges 6, 34, Then the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power. He blew a ram's horn as a call to the arms, and the men of the clan of Abazir came to him. And then probably one of the more famous one that we know is he gave power to Samson. All right, and then actually there's several of these verses, but I'm just going to use one, the first one. Judges 14, 6. At that moment, the Spirit of God came powerfully upon him, and he ripped the lion's jaws apart with his bare hands. He did it as easily as if it were as a young goat, but he didn't tell his father and mother about it. And then you go on and see where the Spirit of God comes upon Samson several other times all the way into his death. Yes, it was taken away from him, yep. So we see that. Gave power to Saul, and then we saw last week that, that it left Saul as well after he abused what he, you know, the gifts that he had begun. But if we look at Saul when he first read it in 1 Samuel 10, 6, at that time the Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them. You will be changed into a different person. And if you go through and look at through all the Old Testament, you see where the Spirit interacted with all the prophets and gave them the abilities to do it. So there's a lot of inner workings. And, and what's interesting is I stu- you study this and go through it. You, the Holy Spirit's almost kind of like the, you know, if you're, if you're watching a movie, that character in the background who's doing a lot of work, but it's kind of behind the scenes. And, you, and a lot of times you don't realize who it is that, that's, that's doing that. And as I read through and studied this, it's, the Holy Spirit works in our lives a lot more and, and, and through the things that happen in the Bible a lot more than we realize, I think, sometimes. And I think sometimes we forget how powerful, the, the, well, I think for, we forget who the Holy Spirit is, and I think we forget how powerful the Holy Spirit is as well. And I'm going to use two examples in the New Testament. I know there's a ton in the New Testament that we're gonna, we can use, but I'm going to use these as examples to, to tie into to where I'm wanting to go. But if we look in the New Testament, there's two key things that the Holy Spirit did that, that kind of set the whole, everything kicked off you know, from the New Testament into to where we're at today. The first one, Jesus was conceived through the power of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus himself came into this world through the power of the Holy Spirit. If we look at Luke 1, verses 34 and 35, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. And then at the end, the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. If we look in Romans 1, verses 3 and 4, the good news is about his son and his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line. And he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. So the power of the Holy Spirit has played a crucial part in a lot of the key things that's, that happened and has gone through in the Bible. And what's awesome about this is we're given that same Holy Spirit today. As a Christian, when you become a Christian, you're given 
the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask a question in here. Has anyone in here ever put in an underground dog pen? <laughs> underground dog fence, right? So if you have a dog and you don't want to put a chain link fence and you want them to run free, it's, it's a little wire that you bury in the ground about two or three inches into the ground. And what it is is they wear a collar, and if they get too close to the collar, it gives them a, well, it beeps at them first, and then it gives them a little static shock depending on the setting you set. With my dogs, they're big. We had to get the stubborn collar, so it gives them a little bit more higher uh, shock. But they've learned to, to stay away. Unless Dad comes up. When Dad comes up, a lot of times they get so excited they'll get <laughs> too close to the line. But, but anyways, they, they learn. But anyways, if you've ever buried one of those things, you know that that is a lot of work. It doesn't matter if it's in an open field with no trees. You, you, you're having to go and hoe. And Me and Helen have installed three of these things, or installed one three times. The first one, we, when we first moved out to um, the house there on Touchton, we decided, you know, we had the two dogs, and we wanted to give them plenty of room to, to run around in. So we grabbed a hoe, or I grabbed a hoe, and I started going all the way around our property. I tried to give them about two, two and a half acres to run around on. It took us probably two full days to put that in the first time because I'm just sitting there, you know, and I'm hitting it. If anyone knows our property, it's full of uh, 100-year-old pecan trees and pine trees and all kinds of other trees and and where we put them at. So, you know, every five feet you're hitting just big old roots, and so I have an axe out there and I'm doing it. Well, we had a thunderstorm come through, I think it was a year or two later, and lightning struck a tree, went into the ground, went into that wire, blew the the whole thing off the wall, and... We had to put another one in. So what did we do? Well, again, I went out, grabbed the hoe and the axe, and just started over. Another two days, put that out. Well, the third time, or the second time it got hit, the third time I went to put it in the ground, I decided, you know what? I'm not going to do this by hand. This is a lot of work. So what I did is Dad's got a hustle on a tiller. I went up and grabbed that thing, and in about 45 minutes' time, I'd gone all the way around the perimeter, what usually took me a day just to, to go through and that, go through and do. So what then took us about three hours, probably all total, to put this thing in the ground, where we had been spending, you know, two days beforehand. I compare this sometime to our Christianity. I think in Christianity, we rely on our own power, our own strength, for a lot of things, and we don't tap into the power of the Holy Spirit that's there, that can make our jobs a whole lot easier when it comes to being Christian. So the, the question I have is how many of us are trying to live our Christian life according to our own strength? I think a lot of times we, and I don't know where this, a lot of this comes from. You know, there's a lot of mentality of being our own man or being our own woman and being our own strength. And, and this is not how Christianity works. If we're going to be Christians, we are going to have to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit and of God. Go ahead. Like the faith of a child, in a sense, because, you know, a child just believes, mm-hmm. completely believes and knows that that dad or that mom is going to do whatever they need to do to help them out and yep. get them through that. Absolutely. Look right in your eyes and they, they believe you. And then we sometimes, because we want to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps or whatever, and, you know, whatever, yep. we sometimes forget. 
forget that you know God will strengthen and help us. Yeah, we do, and, and we we do try to tap into our own power, right? We are, you know, but if we compare our own strength and our own power to the strength of, of God and the and the Holy Spirit, I mean, the Holy Spirit has the power to to raise the dead, right? I mean, to do things that that we, you know, the, they're supernatural to us, and we have the ability to tap into some of that power. And so we make our Christian walk and our Christian lives a lot harder. I'm getting a little bit of an echo. Is the yeah, there, we, there we go. Now, now I don't hear myself at all. But anyways, that's all right. I just didn't know what was going on there. But, but we, we, we forget to, to tap into, we make it so much harder because we rely on our own strength and not the strength that's the, and the power that's available there to us. And so I'm going to go to Acts. If we go to Acts... Chapter 1, verses 4 to 8. And I'm going to start there because this is kind of the introduction of the Holy Spirit into the church. In Acts 1, verses 4 through 8, it says, Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. And John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? They still didn't get it even at this point. And and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. And he replied, and the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. They are not for you to know. But this, and this is where he starts, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, we're going to look at next week, we're going to look at the different gifts of the Holy Spirit, and, and, and we're going to look at the different, there, were, there was powers and gifts that they, they had in, in the New Testament that the apostles had, and, and some of that they passed down, that's different than what we have today. And we're, we're going to look at those, the differences in those. But I want us to, 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 at this point, stay focused on the power that we receive from the Holy Spirit. And I want to look at two words here uh, that, that, that's, that's used in these verses. The first one is baptizo, which is the, the, our term that we get for baptism, right? And this is to immerse or submerge. I like the term, especially in, in this context, overwhelm. Right? He is going to, to immerse you, to baptize you, to overwhelm you with the Holy Spirit. The second being dunamis. Dunamis is the, the equivalent to where we get the word dynamite from today. It means a great force or power, a miraculous power. So what he is telling them, you are going to be overwhelmed with a great force and power. Who is he talking to in these verses? The apostles, right? Yeah, yeah. What was their track record up to this point? As, as we would look at someone, if I'm going to give someone a great gift and power, are these guys, these 12, in today's age, if we said, hey, who are we going to get to lead the church would we go to these 12? Yeah. 
Uh, uh, we're, we're a little short of time, yeah. you know? I mean, I mean, Jesus is walking on the yeah. water towards him. I'm like, is that really you? So if, if we were, if, if someone was interviewing for, for a new minister or for someone to lead their church, the 12 apostles, or the 11 at this point, right, are not, who you're going, had they, ch- okay, I didn't think they had, I thought that was after, okay. Um, so the 12, you would not say, oh, well, these are the 12 I want to lead the church, right? So if we look at their track record real quick, and, Mar- and, and this is just a few, I, I, we could have gone probably three or four pages of this. In Mark 9.19, Jesus tells them that they are faithless or unbelieving. In Mark 15.16, he gets on to them for their lack of understanding. In Mark 10.14, they, they stop the children from coming to them, and Jesus gets angry with them for stopping the children. And, and the, the, you'll go through the theme of these. Most of them, the ringleader is Peter. Matthew 14.31, he says they have so little faith and so much doubt. In Mark 9.33, they're arguing about who's going to be the greatest. In Matthew 16.23, Jesus tells Peter, he calls him Satan and tells him to get behind him. Matthew 26.40, they fall asleep, they can't even stay awake for an hour. In Matthew 26.74, Peter says, a curse come on me if I'm lying about knowing Jesus. So he's denying Jesus, that even knows who he is. Thomas, then after the resurrection, Thomas saw him standing before him and still didn't believe him. And then in John 21, Peter went back to fishing. And and several others. But then Acts 1.8, Jesus comes to him and says, you're going to receive a power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So from John 21, if we look at Peter, from John 21, Peter has gone fishing in about a 53-day time period. You know, 53 days before this, or before Pentecost, he had denied Jesus and, and said a curse come on him if he actually knew who he was. To in Acts 2, he preaches one of the, probably the best sermons in the Bible at Pentecost. So how does someone who, if you look at it on paper, they, they, they really don't have it together. I mean, you can see that in, in the last verse here in, in Acts. You know, they, they still think at this point, so when the apostles were, the Lord has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom. They still didn't understand at this point. They thought God was or Jesus was going to establish an earthly kingdom there in Jerusalem. They still didn't understand it. So we go over to Acts 2, and then all of a sudden, Peter can, can give a sermon like no other and add 3,000 people to the church in one day. What was the difference in those 50 days between, or 53, between Peter denying Jesus and Pentecost. Them receiving the, the, the Holy Spirit, correct? The power of the Holy Spirit. Right? With, yeah. Here's the thing. 
we have access to that same power. And again, I, I'm, we're going to talk about the different gifts next week. And some of those gifts are different today. But we have access to this same Holy Spirit that the apostles had access to. For guiding us in our lives. The, the God sent the Holy Spirit with all this power to help us and guide us as we go through our Christian walk. So I'm going to look at four distinct powers that I think that the Holy Spirit gives us as Christians to help us in our daily walk. The first one, to share Christ boldly. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to share Christ boldly. When I first started this class, and this isn't to, to insult anyone or to, to, to put anyone down. I don't want this to come across that way, so, so please don't take it that way. But when I first started this class, one of the things that I asked is, said, hey, I want everyone to write down topics of what you would like to see or what you would like to go over. And one of the big ones was, well, I need training on how to evangelize or how to share the gospel or... I need, I need role-playing on, on how to go through this. And, and though, on the surface, those aren't bad. Right? I think that's a good thing, that those are good things to do to practice, right? But I think sometimes, again, going back to hoeing, right, trying to dig our own ditch, we forget that we have the Holy Spirit to help us in this, to help, just like what Steve was talking about, right, to, to guide us and, and show us, give us opportunities and I think we have, if, if, we will, if we will submit to the Holy Spirit, he gives us the power and the ability to say things that, and, and, and understand things that normally we wouldn't understand when we're talking to someone or trying to convert someone, right? I've done it before. I've sat down and talked with people, and I've remembered things, and I've, you know, things have come to me that normally I just, you know, wouldn't be able to, to pull out. And I think that is, that is part of the Holy Spirit. And if we look at 1 Corinthians 2, Verses 4 and 5. Paul here says, And my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so that you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. I think too often we try to rely on our own human power our own human ability to bring people or to spread the word or the message of Christ. When God has given us someone who can do it for us, through us. I don't think God ever intended for us to rely on our own abilities and our own power when it came to come to spreading the, the gospel and, and growing his church. If he, if he had, we, it would have, been a, would have been doomed from the beginning. And that is why he sent the Holy Spirit, to help us in that and to do that. Yes.
sin against them. Stephen, because he was full of the Holy Spirit, had the ability to care more about his own physical life. He cared more about making sure those people were saved rather than preserving his own life. And that's when you know you got God's Spirit working in you. Oh, yeah. When you care more about another person's soul than your own physical life. Yeah, I mean, that goes beyond all boundaries uh, of human nature and, and, and what the, the human body's wired to do, right? If someone's trying to kill you, no one, unless they, like you, you talk about here, has the Holy Spirit in them, no one's going to be like, Lord, forgive this man for killing me or these people for killing me as you're dying, right? The only way you're going to have the ability to do that is if you're full of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's the only way. Because that goes against all human nature and, 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 and just human nature, period. Yeah. And we're, we're going to look at the heart side of that here, here in a second. So th- this is my challenge because I know, you know, I t- I've talked about this, 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 the statistics. Man, I cannot talk today around this. You know, we're, we're not. We're, as, a, as a church and as Christians, we're not sharing Christ boldly. At least not the way we need to be. All right, and, and I think this is because I think we have we haven't tapped into the Holy Spirit. We have this this powerful gift that God has given us, and I don't think we've really tapped into it. And, and we're going to look at that here here in a second. So that's my challenge, right? Tap into that that Holy Spirit. Use it to go boldly. You know, these the the, the apostles, man, they had no experience public speaking, any of that stuff. They had none of that. And they tapped into the, well, they were given it, but they were able to do with it far exceeding what their human ability is. And I think we can do the same thing if we tap into it as well. Number two, the Holy Spirit gives you power when you are weak. Let's look at Romans 8, 26. And the Holy Spirit helps you in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. So we really, as humans, sometimes don't even know what God wants. And here is given an example of the fact that, you know, sometimes we don't even know what we need to be praying for, but the Holy Spirit actually does that for us on our behalf. You know, think of some of your some of your weaknesses that you have. Well, you know, where where are you weak? Mine, and I, and I still think of you, is public speaking, right? My mine well, in writing too, English, any of those the, those things. I, I'm horrible at it. I decided that I needed to get better at this, and I needed to work on it. One of the things that I tried to do is I prayed a lot about it, and most of y'all know, because the first time I got up here, I could barely stand, and it was, it was not good. But anyways, but I've worked to, to improve myself, but I've also tried to tap into to God and His Holy Spirit to, to help me out in this weakness. 
all right? Because it's not something that I just do. There's some people who they have the gift of being able to get up and just speak, all right? I don't. And so I, I've typed in this. Is, that's one of the things I do, like when, my, when I'm writing and, and going through the, a lot of these lessons and stuff. I, I don't try to rely on my own ability because I, it would not be a good outcome, I, I don't think at all. I try. I ask God to guide me in this when, when I'm getting to this together, to help me out, and when I get up here to help me say the things that he wants me to say, and I, and I believe that he does that through the Holy Spirit because I do not think I could get up here and do this on my own power. I know I couldn't. All right, maybe it's a sin in your life. You know, we all, I, I, everyone who is human has a weakness, some kind of human weakness sin in their life. All right, and you can use the power of the Holy Spirit to help you in this weakness and, and in this sin. And if we look, it, it actually, it's, it's interesting. If we look in 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 and 10, each time he said, my, and this is to Paul talking about his thorn in the flesh that, that, God was ask, that he was asking God to take away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need, my power works best in your weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Think about that for a minute. Paul is saying that he is boasting about his weakness so that he can show the power of Christ working through him. Then he goes on. That's why I take pleasure. How many of us say take pleasure in our weaknesses? I take pleasure in my weakness. This thing is uh, acting up today. Can you hit the next slide for me, guys? I'm not sure what's going on. love technology sometimes, but sometimes I don't. Okay. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When we are at our weakest, it gives the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to work through us and, and, and show the strength and power of God through our weakness. Number three, and this one I think is important right now, it gives us the power to have hope in a hopeless world. If we look around right now, it almost seems like the, the world is at a point where it's never been, it seems like. Right? we got... It has been, you know, but in, in our, in our, in our, in our mindset and in our what we see, I think we got bubonic squirrels or something now. I mean, who knows, right? But it, it, at times it does. It seems the world. You look out in the world, and you see everything going on. It just it seems hopeless sometimes. But the Holy Spirit gives us the power to have hope in a hopeless world. If we look at Romans fifteen thirteen. I pray that God, the source of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will, excuse me, then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you look out in the world and all you feel and see is hopelessness, then I'm going to say that you are not tapping in to the power of the Holy Spirit correctly. Because it gives us the ability 
to see a confident and have an to overflow, right? To overflow, not just have a full amount, but to overflow with hope. Oh, yeah. There's nothing new under the sun. There's no sin that's new. There's nothing that man has gone through that hasn't happened before. You know, it's just our time, and we need to react to the times. We do. With that source of hope. So the Holy Spirit gives us the power to have hope when things seem hopeless. Yeah. So You do, you do. And it's like, the world has left me, where's my God? And he's still there, and we know he's still there, but we need to be reminded. We do, we do sometimes. You know, we, we can, it is hard, if you, especially if you're by yourself, sitting in a, you know, sitting in a house by yourself for a long time. It, it does, you, you do need that, that contact and that reassurance and that reminding. And, and, but we can tap into, one, as Christians, we can tap into the power of the Holy Spirit to help remind others of that. And then as ourselves, too, we can tap into that as well. Yep. It says that God's the source of our hope, or my version says the God of all hope. Mm -hmm. um, he'll fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. That's, that's our part. See, God gives us hope, but we've got to trust in him. Yeah. And, uh, and so I'm, I've been accused by some of being insensitive. And, and not really caring because I have said about this COVID virus, there comes a time you need to get on with your life and just trust in God. And, and, and so why can I say that confidently? Because that's what we're supposed to do. I'm not, I'm not trying to <clears throat> stick my head in the sand and say things aren't real. We live in a very real world. But through it all, our hope in God keeps us going on the right direction. You know, we, we're not As Christians, we shouldn't be defeated. No. by anything in this world as long as we have hope and trust in the Lord. I mean, you, you look at the example of the early Christians. I mean, they were being, they were being beheaded and fed to lions and, and, and dealing with all kinds of, of things. I mean, at that time, they, they were dealing, if we wanted to look at death rates and, and numbers and stuff like that, they were dealing with all kinds of plagues and, and illnesses and sickness that, they're, you know, that we have cures for today. So, you know, in, in the end... We, we do need to put our faith and confidence in our hope and our trust in God. And then we'll see that, that hope come through. Number four, and I think this is the, the, the most important one, and I, and I think it's the one we miss the most, is to experience, it gives us the, experience, the power to experience all the fullness of God. And this is kind of what I mean by this. If you look at Christianity and a lot of the, the churches today, they've, we've kind of reduced Christianity and, and Jesus down to a, just like a, a little tiny box almost, right? Just a little bit of stuff. I, I, I guess the, the term would be we've kind of brought him down to his lowest common denominator. Christianity today, if you ask most people, it's, well, I believed in God. I was baptized, 
I go to church three times a week. I read my Bible some. And overall, I'm a good person, right? I don't cuss, smoke, drink. That's kind of what the, if you look at Christianity today, that's kind of what it kind of looks like. Not a lot of evangelism going on. If you look out in the world sometimes, it seems like the Christians are the ones with less hope sometimes. We freak out a lot about a lot of things. Some things, you know, are worth getting upset and frustrated with. But if you look at the, the, if you wanted to look at a group of people and say, man, they have the fullness of God, I think we're, we're missing our mark a little bit. Dad hit on this in his, in his uh, bulletin article. I don't know if y'all had a chance to read it yet. But he quoted Gandhi in it. And he says, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. And I think this is where we miss the mark sometimes in this. If you look in Ephesians 3, verses 16 through 19. And I use the New American Standard here. I, li- I like the, the, ver- the way it interpreted this. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. So think about that for a minute. God's riches would grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. So he's talking about the Holy Spirit inside you. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Right? So Christ, the Holy Spirit, dwells in our hearts through faith and that you be being rooted so this isn't something that just happens, right? You, you develop it through faith and being rooted and grounded in what? Love. Then you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the, the breadth and length, height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge and that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. He starts out Sorry, I'm grant you according to his riches to be strengthened with power through his spirit, the Holy Spirit, into the inner man of God. It keeps messing up, so I'll, I'll just continue. We have the ability to understand the fullness of God by tapping into his Holy Spirit, which he gives us to live in our hearts. So we'll, we'll look at the fruits of the Holy Spirit eventually. But if we... If we tap into this, this gift that's available. So you know, we have the, what I would call, I guess the, the atomic bomb uh, of, of weapons available to us here, right? The most powerful weapon that we know is, is the, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? We have the ability to plug into that. But my question is, is how many of us are walking around, and I asked this last week, spirit-less, not spiritless, but spirit-less. How many of us are not tapping into that power? 
And so the same question is, how many of us are walking around powerless, not powerless? How many of us have really, I think if we really study this and we really rely, this is where, we, where I think God talks about surrendering. We sing the song, I Surrender All, right? If we truly surrender all and we give it all over to God and we give it all over to his Holy Spirit, he is going to guide us and help us and, and get us. And, and we will be able to do things that I think we never thought we would be able to do. Yes. Right, we will be able to tap in and, and do, but, all, but we have to let go of the self, right? We have to let go of ourselves, and we have to fully rely on God and, and the Holy Spirit, which is God. I think sometimes we forget that. The Holy Spirit is God, and he is in us. And I, and I think it would be amazing the things that we could do. We saw it in, in Acts chapter 2 and 3. With a church grew by 3,000 in one day. And I still think we have the ability to tap into that and do the very same things or similar things that they did. So next week we're going to look at the spiritual gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit and, and, and the different types and what we can tap into and, and the gifts that we can have and, and how we can find what our spiritual gifts are today. I'm over a little bit, but, but thank you.